Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Work Fun podcast with Maria and Natasha, two working professionals turned life coaches. I'm Maria, and I have worked in economic consulting for more than 14 years. And I'm Natasha. I have over a decade of work experience in human resources. Through our 25 plus years of combined corporate experience, we have learned a lot about work. And through our work as life coaches, we've learned how to make work fun. Whether you work for someone else, run your own business, or do anything else that you call your work, this podcast will teach you how to make your work fun too. Without giving into the productivity hustle. So let's dive right in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Making Work Fun podcast. So this week we want to talk about challenging yourself or making your work more fun by challenging yourself for fun versus challenging yourself in order to feel better. And we've sort of touched upon that in previous episodes, but this is the idea that, you know, there's two reasons why we might do something that is, you know, growth inducing or hard or challenging for us. One is just because, you know, we're curious about it. We want to grow. We want to learn new things. This is like the for fun challenge versus because we think this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what like is going to make us a better person or a better employee or a better whatever. Um, And we're sort of forcing ourselves to do it because we think it's quote unquote the right path. So those two are very different energies and very different ways to approach the same thing. And it, it can be the exact same thing that you're challenging yourself to, but it's sort of figuring out how to, whether you're doing something because you genuinely want to grow and because it genuinely sounds fun or because you're thinking you're going to feel better um, and it's the better thing to do. I love that you um, refer to it as like two different energies, because I think that's exactly the differentiating factor between these two things. Like if you are doing something because you think it's what you should be doing. So for example, applying for a promotion at work or taking on a different opportunity or whatever the case may be that maybe you don't actually want to do, but you think it's the next step for you. It probably feels really graspy or really heavy or just really like, like unfulfilled, like it just, it wouldn't feel good in your body versus taking on something. And it could be the same exact thing. Like Maria said, the promotion at work, a project, whatever the case may be. And you'll feel more like light and inspired and excited and fueled by it. And that's the difference between these two things, right? Challenging yourself because of a should isn't actually like you allowing yourself to question what it is that you truly want to do. It isn't allowing yourself the opportunity to get to know yourself and your wants and your desires. Instead, you're just letting maybe external standards or external validation determine the next step for you rather than you doing it intuitively for yourself. Right. And I think so many of us are so used to just doing the, you know, the thing because it's worthy or because we think we should be doing it. Like that's the motivation behind a lot of, you know, the decision I'd made in my life. And I think it's the same for a lot of people is like, we're, we're so used to just making the, you know, pros and cons list, but the pros and cons are never about like, what do we actually want? It's always about this external thing of like, is this going to be a better, you know, promotion, like you said, or is this going to be like, quote unquote, a better opportunity on paper? Um, And so we get so future focused, sorry to jump in here, but I think this is like, we're like, oh, what will be better for my future? And we kind of like ignore present 
you or present me and deciding like, what is it that I want to do now? And like the example, when you were talking about that, Maria, that came to mind was, um, people graduating from high school and going straight into university. I think a lot of people just go right into university because it's what they think they should be doing or go into some sort of like post-secondary education, but maybe that's not actually what they want to be doing in that moment. And they might be using different like external standards or measures like, well, if you don't go now, you'll never go, or this is the time you should, or whatever the case may be. But like, is that really true? Because tons of people have gone back and been super successful. Tons of people have been super successful and have never done post-secondary education, right? It's not just this like a step ladder of like progression for us in our lives, but I think that's what we we do often. Yeah, no, school is such a great example because I think in school that happens a lot. Like we literally get taught in school that there are specific steps you need to be thinking about and taking for after school. And there's like a right and wrong path. (laughs) And a lot of us get like so wrapped up in that and, you know, internalize that so much that then we take that with us, you know, into our careers. And there's a similar sort of logic being applied on jobs and in especially in the corporate world there's like a progression like a career path and things like that and what if it's not true like that there is a right and wrong way like as you were saying that it's exactly what came to mind it's like who decides and if we want to stick with a right and wrong way what if the right way is just what makes you feel good like it's just it, right. It's it's a lot more meta than maybe we're used to thinking about this question because we're like, no, the right way is what society has told me. <laughs> yeah, and it can be so scary to do the thing that feels good to you because a you're constantly you know worried that what if I did the wrong thing was this a huge mistake, um, and yeah. b you're you're probably feeling super judged by others around you and you probably maybe you know like some people may be judging you because they they are conditioned in the same way and they're used to thinking things of the right and wrong thing and even tv shows like when it comes like comes to mind when someone does something you know for themselves on tv shows usually like there's a bunch of people around them very concerned you know like worried it's a mistake so it's just it's from everywhere this messaging that there is like a right path and a wrong path and just you know be very careful if you take the wrong path like you need to be very sure it's going to lead to something product i don't i don't even know to what like usually it's to some some external measure of success again like money or something like that yeah a promotion an apartment or condo like right a certain house certain I don't know, external circumstance. Exactly. But what's so funny is the way we kind of engage with this notion is it's once we make a decision, it's almost as if it's irreversible, which is never the case. Decisions are never irreversible. And once we make a decision, it's not like we never make another decision again. We're always like reevaluating decisions and making new decisions. So it's like that question of like the right and wrong way of moving ahead in your life is so limiting and it's so wrong. Yeah. And I think the flip side of that, which also like messes us up a lot is that idea that if we do pursue pleasure as the ultimate goal, which I think is an incredibly worthy goal, then we never would be challenging ourselves. Like then we're always going to just take whatever, you know, the most pleasurable and the easiest path is, which is so untrue. I think that's why we added challenging to the episode title even, because it absolutely is possible to do things that are hard and that are challenging not because you think you should or because you want to feel better, but because you're like actively curious. You think it's going to be so fun. You, even if it's like physically or mentally challenging, there's again, a different space from which you can do it. That also is fun as opposed to yeah. only pushing yourself towards it. 
And doing what you want doesn't always mean that it's inherently the easiest choice. Sometimes it actually is the more challenging and more difficult choice to take on because it requires being authentic. Maybe it requires setting boundaries or saying no or whatever the case may be. And also, like, you're a rest coast, Maria, right? Like, people struggle with things like rest and pleasure. Like, it's not like those things are inherently fun for us. We haven't been conditioned to like see those things as fun. So sometimes when you're so used to grinding and hustling all the time, taking time to rest and taking time to do what you want actually feels really uncomfortable and really bad for a short period of time. It's like, we think it's supposed to feel good, but there's that little hurdle of like getting to the feeling good that you have to get through. And it's like the the judgment or the questioning or that I should be doing something else, or this isn't a worthy use of my time. All of that, like those thoughts that will come up when you start to take on whatever it is that you want to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up rest because it's, that is such a beautiful example. Like most people see rest as, and that's why they struggle so much with it as this thing that's only pleasurable and that's only kind of selfish and it's the easiest path to take and it's not challenging at all. And it absolutely is all of those things. Like honestly, as a person who's like overworked for most of my life, overworking is sometimes easier. Like it's harder on your body because you're physically, you know, straining your eyes and whatever you know your work is it it can be harder on your body and obviously like you're not sleeping enough so in many ways of course it is physically more challenging but mentally it could be the easier option because slowing down and resting brings up so much guilt so much shame like it requires you to sit with your thoughts which can be terrifying (laughs) sit with your feelings so in in some ways you're like i would rather take the eye strain and you know the backache from sitting at a computer for 14 hours than having to deal with those things yeah, and that's such an important like thing to recognize. It's like you get to decide which challenge you want to take on because both things are inherently challenging. So what is the challenge that actually like serves you and why are you choosing the challenge? Like there is no right answer here. Maybe you do want to choose the challenge of like overworking and having like I don't know, the eye strains of being at a computer or like those long days or whatever. That's totally fine. That's cool. But like let yourself actually make that choice intentionally rather than just reactively responding to what you've been conditioned to do um, in society, which is just like hustle all the time. <laughs> yeah. And and those decisions can vary. It doesn't have to be one, like Natasha said earlier, it doesn't have to be one decision for the rest of your life. You can sometimes choose to work on this really challenging project, which can involve 14 hour days, and then other times choose to intentionally rest. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it really varies. But it, the point here is what space are you choosing that from and why? Are you choosing it because you think it's morally better or in some way better or because that's what you truly want? Yeah. And totally like the crux of this whole thing is that if you're just taking on challenges, like quote unquote, that you think are better because they will make you feel better or you'll get external validation. The real truth is once you've accomplished that thing, you're not actually going to feel better. You're not actually going to get the validation that you seek. Maybe someone will congratulate you. Maybe someone will notice it and that will feel good for like five seconds or five minutes or one day. But in reality, unless you work on creating that intentionally and on purpose for yourself, you're never going to get that. And then you're just going to move the goalposts and you're going to keep feeling like you're hustling and keep feeling, um, I get bad about yourself and keep looking for that validation for the, through the next thing. 
Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to that. Like, I'm sure you have had something in your life where you were like, okay, this is really hard and really challenging, and I'm going to be so proud of myself when I accomplish it. And then you accomplish it, and maybe like in touch that you're proud of yourself for five minutes, and then your brain moves on to the next thing. Like, okay, what what else? What's next? <laughs> no, enough, of, enough of that. Um and yeah, it it just that's that's the drawback of doing things to be proud of yourself. If you're not proud of yourself before you've accomplished it, you're never gonna be proud of yourself for a long period of time after you've accomplished it. That's the like the mind trick. <laughs> exactly. And I think what we're trying to suggest here is that like it can be equally challenging to do the things that you want to do, do the things that are fun for you, the things that you enjoy, that are pleasurable, that feel good and fuel you as it is to do the things that you're just doing because you think you should. Like both of those things can be challenges. So you get to decide which challenge it is that you want to take on. Yeah, exactly. Like one very vivid example in my head of that from my personal life is um, movement. Because for the longest time, I've spoken about that before, you know, I struggled with body image and and disordered eating and like movement for the vast majority of my life was this thing that I thought I should be doing. I'm supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be like stay thin and so exercise a lot. It was always like this must have on the checklist of like what it means to be a good person. <laughs> like someone who exercises a lot. And so for the last few years, I've really been exploring that. And that's been such an interesting journey of like, how can I move in a way that doesn't have anything to do with body size, you know, weight, like any of those things that I tied it to for so long. And how can I find types of movements that are genuinely just pleasant? Um, and by pleasant, I don't mean always physically comfortable. I still love challenging myself. Like I love walking like longer and longer distances just to see how fun it's going to be to like walk that extra mile, literally, um, <laughs> you know, and like challenging myself, like doing something physically challenging when I do like strength training or whatever. Like I still love challenging myself, but I'm doing it now from such a different space. It's more from like, oh, let me see what I can do. <laughs> this is so fun. And let me see how I can do it better if I do it for two weeks straight. It's very, very different energy than before when it was like, I must do it. If I don't do it, I'm really stressed. <laughs> you know, it's it was it was a completely different vibe, but it was very, very hard to get to that space of like, how can I do this for fun? Yeah. And I think too, what's so interesting is that it's like you put all these blocks in for yourself when you're doing it. Cause it's like, you should, and you must, it inherently feels bad. And then you don't want to do it. You avoid it. You're like trying to do anything, but the thing, whereas when you're doing the same, it could be the exact same physical activity, but your mindset and the way you're relating to it has shifted. And it's about the pleasure and the movement and the like noticing the progress or whatever the case may be, then you're more willing to just show up and try and like you get to know who you are and you get to know yourself and pay attention to your body a lot more than you would be if you were just following this very regimented schedule of what a movement and exercise plan should look like, regardless of what's happening for you in your personal life, right? Like sometimes maybe the right amount of exercise, if we're sticking with that example, is like maybe a 10 minute walk. Like that is what your body needs in that moment. That is what would be nurturing and feel really good for you. And it might actually be challenging to limit yourself to a 10 minute walk if you're so used to doing like an hour run. And so that is like a challenge of like honoring who you are and honoring yourself in that moment and getting to know what 
actually would fuel you versus just following the schedule that maybe you came up with on a Monday and that's your like weekly plan kind of thing. Yeah, I couldn't see any nuance before. Exactly. I had like schedule and I would like physically panic if I if something came up and I couldn't um, stick to the schedule, whether that something was like I have a bad headache or like something some circumstance happens and I have to attend to something else. And uh, I just couldn't see an option of like, unless it's that program that I've like planned, I can't see anything in between. And now it's exactly like some days it's 10 minutes of stretching or it's five minutes of stretching. Mm-hmm. And some days I have a ton of energy and I want to go for a really long, long walk or bike ride. It, But I have this such a more nuanced way of thinking about it. Before it was like, it's the hour or nothing. And if it's nothing, I would feel terrible and very stressed out. What I hear kind of in listening to that is I think it like allowed you to step more into your humanity and be just a human who has a body that changes from day to day and energy levels that change from day to day, right? Versus like this regimented, regimented, structured, like robot who should feel a certain way because that plan was made on Monday and this is what the schedule is going to look like and there's zero flexibility kind of thing, right? Yes, no, that's like, you definitely nailed it. You pretty much recited like how I've been thinking about like one of the pillars of my business. (laughs) I literally have been thinking about it, like the, the pillar of my business that's about work. Um, I've been thinking about it, how to, how can I teach people and work with people to help them step into their, exactly like their humanness, and, you know, yeah. how to leverage different energy levels on different days, as opposed to thinking you need to be doing the exact same thing every day, or you need to be equally energetic, equally focused, equally everything, <laughs> every single day. Yeah, because none of us are like that. And if we think about like pets, like I personally don't have a pet, but I have friends who have pets. And it's not like your pet is the exact same energy level every single day. It's not like your pet doesn't go through like seasons or shifts or like illnesses or whatever. But for some reason, we just expect ourselves to just show up every single day with the exact right amount of energy that we planned for and that it should be a certain way without the space to recognize that like, I don't know, sometimes we have bad sleeps or sometimes we, like you said, have headaches or sometimes we have a lot of on our plate and we need to cut off a certain thing, even though it's what we wanted to do initially or whatever. And that can be okay too. Yeah. And it's sort of also considered a virtue in like grind culture to be like powering through even if you have a bad day you need to still power through that and that's like praised and uh considered virtuous where it's definitely not <laughs> like you're really just harming yourself going back to like the movement analogy the way i think about it it's it's sort of the difference between you can do something challenging to say strengthen a muscle but you don't have to strain it. If you strain it, then you've actually hurt the muscle and then it needs recovery and physical therapy and things like that. You know, like yeah. you can do then my, you know, I worked with a trainer before and they would always ask, like, is it hard but doable as opposed to like hard but straining? Because the straining is actually <laughs> not good for you. I love that question so much. I think that's such a fantastic question because what's so interesting is that if you were using the like working out example, it's like you're challenging yourself for fun because you're like, oh man, this feels really good. I'm like in the moment, it's awesome. Or you're challenging yourself to feel better, which is like, I need to be able to bench press this amount of weight because this is what it, it should like someone at my size should be able to do or someone who's been working out should be able to do. And that like inherently feels awful, right? It's like you're using the external metrics to determine how you should feel about yourself rather than just 
first off, deciding that you want to feel good about yourself or feel proud about yourself as like an option that is simply available to you because you exist as a human. Like, I just want to repeat that because I think it's so important for all of us. It's like, you can just decide to feel proud of yourself and feel good about yourself and just like in love with yourself and in like with yourself because you exist as a human as like a very foundational first step in your relationship with yourself. It never has to be measured on anything else. Um, but we are conditioned and we've been taught to measure it based on what we do and how we show up. And that's what keeps us on this hustle hamster wheel. And so this is like the part that we're kind of like learning how to decouple, like what we do from how we show up for ourselves, our relationship with ourselves, how we talk to ourselves kind of thing. Yeah. And I was, I was talking to a client last week about this. Like we were talking exactly about like human value and what makes a human valuable. And, you know, she's at the space, which I think all of us have been at in our journey where she's like, but what do you mean? It doesn't depend on what I do. Like that, <laughs> how do I even think about it? But the interesting yeah. thing is she thought of, you know, everyone else in the world has inherent value, but I somehow don't. I'm like, okay, that doesn't even make logical sense. <laughs> like, how does that even work? There's but literally all- billions of people on the planet. How are you the one special snowflake? Out of all of those billions of people, everyone has worth, except for you. That's just like, conceptually, it makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. I love just like bringing humor to it, like you did with your client. Because yeah. once we start to do that, we can start to see how silly our brain and our thought patterns really are. It's like, okay, who's the person out there measuring and why am I the one human that's excluded (laughs) above everyone else in the world and everyone else who's ever existed? Like, it literally makes no sense. Exactly. But that literally, if you think about it, that's what our brains are telling us most of the time. And it's just just important to, like, take that step back and be like, okay, brain, that's just silly. (laughs) It's important to, like, put it in context and be like, this is actually what you're telling me. So let's, like, think this through. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. So um, I think this is a really good conversation. Um, And I think just like a little takeaway for you to contemplate is that there isn't a right answer here. We're not telling you that, hey, you need to always take this route and never take this route. It's really up to you. And this is kind of always the theme of every one of our conversations. We just want to invite you to like question why you're doing what you're doing and decide whether or not that serves you and whether or not that is what you truly want to be doing. And know that like, hey, you get to choose to take a different pathway if that's something that you feel would honor your wants or your needs or your desires a little bit more. And both things can be equally inherently valuable. You get to feel good about yourself regardless of what you choose to do. And you don't have to constantly stay on that external validation cycle. It's about learning how to discover your own validation as that like first foundational step. So thank you so much for listening in this week and we will see you again next week, everyone. Bye. Hey everyone, it's Maria. I am a burnout coach for professional women and I work with high achieving perfectionists who want to heal burnout so that they can take a step back and enjoy their lives without sacrificing their success. To work with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, which is restovergrind.com and book a free consult call. You can also follow me on Instagram at rest underscore over underscore grind or on LinkedIn under restovergrind LLC. Hey everyone, Natasha here. I'm a money mindset coach. I work with women who want to shift their beliefs around money and wealth so they can finally leave the drama behind and focus on actually doing the work they love to do. I work with two different types of clients, employees who want to make more money at work or entrepreneurs who want to earn more in their business. And I teach people how to love the process of earning and creating more because it really is possible for money to be easy and fun. 
So let me show you how. You can find me on my website at natashatakesti.com or on Instagram at natashatakesti. We'll see you there.